Prepare to Attack is a collaboration between Mash Those Buttons, Wawa's Bootcamp, and Mayhem.gg. Visit MashThoseButtons.com to learn more about our shows. Visit Wawa's Bootcamp on Discord to get coaching on your favorite Overwatch characters. Visit Mayhem.gg for live coaching streams and VODs. Hello and welcome to Prepare to Attack, a podcast series that aims to improve your understanding of Overwatch and its characters. Today's topic is all about Moira, and she's a bit, she's a little confusing. So I've brought along a buddy, our the man, the myth, the legend, Foo from Wawa's Bootcamp. How are you doing, Foo? I'm feeling pretty legendary, mythical, and manly. Nice. So for anybody who has not heard one of your previous uh, episodes, just give a short uh, synopsis of who you are and what you do. All right. My name is Fu. I'm a very, very experienced coach on Wawa's Bootcamp. I have a very analytical view of the game and I play almost exclusively support. And I like to make everyone better at support because I feel like uh, the support community is kind of underperforming to their potential by um, a lack of willingness to learn from the game. All right, well, let's jump into Moira's character overview. She's a main healer support, which means she should be healing mostly. Her weapon is the Biotic Grasp, and it heals and does damage. She has the Biotic Orb that also heals and does damage. And then she has she has, she has Fade, which is her basically get-out-of-jail card. It's her escape her ultimate is the Coalescence. I'm going to turn it over to Fu to talk about the goals of Moria. Absolutely. So it's very important to know what your goals are going into playing any hero and measuring your performance based on those. So number one goal on Moria is going to be outputting key healing during team fights. And key healing is healing that either prevents a teammate from dying or keeps them uh, fighting. The second goal is going to be farming your ultimate as quickly as possible. And the third goal is going to be using that ultimate to win team fights. Nice, nice. Well, let's talk about her her weapon, which is basically her left hand, her primary heal uh, biotic grasp. Absolutely. Her weapon's very interesting. It's like a, a bit of a beam and a projectile. You can think of it like her sending out very thin cylinders every time, uh, just a line of them. So the it is a projectile that travels 30 meters per second. It heals 80 HP per second. And after you've been healed by it, you will be healed for 50 HP every three seconds uh, or 16.66 health per second. Uh and that takes place when you are not currently in the mist, but are had just been affected by it. It will go through uh, any hero in the game, friendly or on the enemy team, as well as barriers. There's been 
never confirmed by Blizzard that this is intentional or not, but we can assume it's intentional, but there is a tiny chance they'll patch it eventually. I doubt that, though. Uh, it also has a max range of 15 meters, which is much longer than most people think it is. It's the same range as Mercy's Beam. Uh, it's just hard to see that range, and because of the slow travel time, when you're trying to heal people far away, you might not notice you're actually hitting behind them. Yeah, but do bear in mind, it is a 15-meter range. Yeah, it's actually really, really misleading, or at least it was to be until we talked about this, and it does go pretty far. Yeah, that is a common theme with Mara, is that she doesn't give very good feedback in terms of her sound and her visuals. It's hard. The game doesn't do a good job of telling you what's happening. Uh, but moving on, she does not have ammo. She has a resource system. You can't reload. Uh, you can fire for nine seconds continuously before you run out, and then it will recharge slowly whenever you are not using it. It takes 45 seconds for it to recharge, which is an incredible long amount of time. However, if you use your secondary fire, uh, you will recharge it in just nine seconds from empty as long as you are hitting an enemy. You can hit barriers and stuff with it. However, uh, if you're not hitting an enemy hero, it will not give you that resource. So that's what it does. Now let's look at how we use it. The first thing that's important to look at is who do we heal? What's the priority? So first, the primary healing priority, regardless of who you're healing, is going to be a mixture of the following things. One, you want to be healing someone who is actively taking damage. Two, you want to be healing someone who is at risk of dying. And three, you want to make sure that they're not doomed. So for instance, if you have a McCree who's like 150 HP, who's actively fighting and taking uh, damage and outputting damage, he might be a higher priority than a 200 HP Reinhardt who has his shield up because that Reinhardt is not going to die anytime soon. However, if that McCree gets hooked into their whole team, he is a done for, so he's not worth healing at all. So for situations where there are multiple people who are taking damage at risk of dying and are able to be saved, you will heal at the following priority based on role. The number one priority is going to be your fellow healer. The reasons for this are the following. They will be able to heal the rest of your team as well. So by keeping them alive, you are indirectly healing for more healing per second. And secondly, they're the only person who can heal you. That's why the whole main healer, off healer dynamic with almost always running two healers has been done basically for the entire history of Overwatch is because you need a healer to heal the healer. If you have one healer who outputs most of the healing, the main healer, which is Moira, then a lot of times you still need a quote-unquote off healer who has a little bit of healing and a lot of utility to output enough healing to sustain the other healer and keep them alive and getting their usefulness from things like Speed Boost or Discord Orb. The next priority is going to be any other squishy hero, which basically just means DPS, because you may be surprised that they're above tanks, but they actually are. Because if you have a DPS hero, like let's say a McCree, and they start taking damage, they could die at any moment. Let's say you have that McCree who is actively fighting and they get hit by just one fire rocket. If you do not immediately start healing them, they could die at any moment. And even if they don't die, they're going to do one of two other things. They're either going to hide and they're basically going to be dead until they get healed enough to keep fighting. 
or they're going to run off and get a health pack, which basically means they did die because most of the time, by the time they get back from that and start fighting again, the fight will be over. So you autom almost automatically are outputting key healing when you're healing a DPS because it allows them to stay in the fight. Um, the final priority, of course, is going to be tanks. That being said, since the healing priority, regardless of role, is, it takes priority, you will be healing them more than anyone else because they will most frequently be out in the front at risk taking damage. So you will be healing them more than anyone else. That being said, it's very important that you have as much vision and information of the rest of your team so that you know when to switch to a DPS. Uh, don't fall into the trap that, oh, the tanks are taking more damage and I am always healing the tanks, so they're who I should be healing all the time. Uh, that's one of the biggest differences between kind of a mid and a high level healer player is knowing when to switch off of tanks onto your squishy heroes, which which is pretty much any time they're at risk of dying. So as I alluded to, having vision of your team is extremely important for outputting healing. Whenever you are trying to find the optimal position on Moira during a fight, you want to kind of position by the following standards. You want to be about 10 or 12 meters behind your front line. You don't want to be too close so that the enemy can't uh, output damage directly onto you as easily. You won't get hit by area of effect things that hit your tanks. Uh, and it will allow you to give have maximum vision of the fight without uh, being so far away that you're unable to effectively heal. 10 to 12 meters, I found, is the sweet spot. You also don't want to be in the very dead center of your team. You kind of want to be off to the side a little bit so that you can look into your team because you don't really need to see the enemy. You just want to see as much of your team as possible. Um, and then you, if you're also at the side of your team, that makes it easier to heal multiple targets because, as, as I mentioned earlier, you can heal through heroes. So you can heal two people at one time with your left click. So being able to be on the side of your team makes that easier. You also want to try to hug terrain as much as possible to obscure vision of the enemy uh, without obscuring vision of your teammates. Because again, that's who you want to be looking at, your teammate. That's your number one focus is outputting key healing during a fight. So we don't really need to see the enemy until we need to manage our resource. So in terms of resource management, this is an extremely important and difficult thing to do. The first thing to take note is you can take great advantage over the, the overtime heal effect that left click has. So if you just spritz someone for just a moment, for the minimum amount of time, it'll heal them for about 55 HP over three seconds. And if you're in between fights where both teams are poking, that is the vast majority of the healing you should be outputting during that time. You want to, as much as possible, avoid uh, using at more than even a quarter of your resource before the fight actually starts. Because if you go into the fight with low resource, that's where you're unable to do your job. You also wanna make sure that you are constantly right-clicking enemies for resource gain whenever you're not at full. It's okay to push a little bit forward aggressively as long as you're not going to die uh, in order to keep your resource as topped off as possible. If you are in a situation where teammates are taking substantial damage from being poked, uh, that is where you'll probably use your biotic orb, which we'll talk about in a moment, as a healing effect in order to prevent you from having to use 
all of your resource. Uh, also, if you have to choose between using your left click and throwing out a damage orb versus throwing your healing orb and using your right click, you want to choose the latter because that will allow you to gain resource rather than spend it. Okay, well, my question is, I've heard that you should kind of tap left click when you're when you're healing uh, instead of actually holding left click down. Is that something you do? Uh, I haven't played around with that too much, but I do believe you should be holding it down when you need to output maximum healing per second. If you're just healing uh, poke, then yes, you want to tap it to get as efficient of usage uh, out of your left click as possible. The way I believe it works is every time you tap it for even the minimum amount of time, it goes down one tick. I believe there are 45 ticks. And if you hold it down for the entirety of that tick, you get more healing. Um, so ideally, you want to tap for the whole tick, but not anymore for just the maximum efficiency. And if you're going for efficiency, then tapping is absolutely the way to do it. Just constantly keep applying that heal per second whenever needed on anyone who's taken a little bit of damage. However, if it's during a fight, you absolutely want to hold it down, try to get it on multiple teammates as much as possible Yeah, if, uh, if in order a, to get as much healing as you can. Yeah, like if a tank's getting focused or something like that. I gotcha. All right, well, why don't you tell us about her, her, her damage part of her biotic grasp? Absolutely. So this is a very interesting ability. It's kind of, uh, it's, it's a target locked beam, but it works differently from the other similar ones like Symmetra and Mercy. You have to track your target kind of like Zarya's beam, but it's very forgiving. It will stay on the target as long as you are within a certain small range of their hitbox. And if you go outside of that range, it will linger on them for a moment. And the farther away you get from them, uh, the less time you have. So it's very difficult to pin down the exact way it works. Like I couldn't give you a formula for it, but Blizzard has programmed it so that you have to actually try to track them as best as you can, rather than doing something like shaking your mouse back and forth to keep renewing it. The game will punish you for that. I don't know exactly how they do that, but you do have to track them as precisely as possible. Uh, when it is on an enemy, it will deal 50 damage per second. It does this damage very slowly uh, on a tick basis. So if you are attacking armor, you will deal half damage to that. Uh, it also heals Moira for 30 HP per second. And this 30 HP per second is not a percentage of the 50. It's always 30. It doesn't matter if you're hitting an armored nano boost target for almost no damage per second or if you are hitting someone while damage boosted and nano boosted and Arisa bongoed for a lot of damage, it will still heal you for that flat 30. It has a maximum range of 21, which is pretty good. It's much higher than the other beam weapons usually are. And uh, it does not have any ammo, can't headshot, of course, and it will recharge your resource, as I mentioned before, uh, the entire thing over nine seconds which is, in my opinion, the primary way you're going to use it because it's kind of bad. Uh, 50 damage per second is the lowest damaging weapon in the game. It is not very good at dealing damage. Moira absolutely needs to use it, but the primary thing you're going to be using it for is getting resource or occasionally 
getting that 30 HP per second. It's very important that you are using your right click to keep your resource topped off whenever you don't want to be left clicking. So it's more of an optimization thing than a an output thing. Anytime you have downtime between left clicks, you ideally want to be right clicking someone. It'll usually be like a Roadhog or a Diva or some tank that's in the front that you don't have to stretch too hard for. It's also useful for farming your other resource, your ultimate, which is going to be something that you want to be getting as actively as possible so you can use it as often as possible um but you're generally not going to be using it for damage you're not going to be diving with it you're not going to be seeking out enemies to melt down however it's still something you will want to use in key moments so like key healing on the other end of the spectrum key damage is damage that will either kill an enemy or force them out of the fight so if you notice someone who is low HP or someone who is exposed or something like that, or someone your team is focusing down and you see an opportunity where your 50 damage per second is enough to either apply pressure to them so that they can't fight actively or enough to kill them, it's absolutely a good idea to use that as long as you don't need to use your healing more. However, you have to be looking for those opportunities rather than actively uh seeking them out in such a way where you're just always right-clicking people and then you heal when you have to. It's the opposite. You should be looking to heal by default and then looking for a reason to use your alt fire. Uh, so treat healing as your default state and only under exceptional circumstances will you actually use your ultimate fire. And I feel like there's a common misconception with this and people seem to think that her that her damage is really good. And I, and I like that you're pointing out that it's not because if you watch pro play also, like they're always healing, healing, healing. Like they're not, they're not, that she's not a, a DPS character. And so I really like that you pointed that out. There's also a misconception. I've heard people say that it charges up like a symmetric beam. And that's not true either. Yeah, no, it does. It does have like a little bit where it's just blizzard polish where it starts from like nothing and then the beam kind of like concentrates on the target. Yeah, it gets but louder. the instant you right click, it starts draining. The instant you're on them, it starts healing you and damaging them. Uh, the moment you right click, there's no delay. It's purely visual spectacle. There's nothing like that. And yeah, I absolutely one of the one of the things I want to hammer home here is that Moira is a healer. That is what she trades in. Her damage is not very good. It's one of the worst in the game. Well, her ability to just have a perfect tracking, even if you're not super good at aiming, very consistent DPS output, it's still so low that that doesn't compensate for it. Uh, however, her healing is incredible. She doesn't have utility like Zenyatta or Lucio to fall back on. All she has is that massive healing, uh, which to put in perspective, if you use her healing orb, and her, her left click, that is 155 healing per second, which is more than even Anna can output on a bio-grenaded target. Uh, combined with the fact that you can heal multiple targets with both, uh, her healing output is just far and away better than the other healers outside of the limitations of her range uh, and her resource. So that is how you get value out of Moira. Not well, with this. Uh, let's jump right into the biotic 
uh, biotic orb that you could tell us how we maximize that. Yes, biotic orb is a very unique and interesting ability in several regards. The first uh, uniqueness of it is that it is a choose ability. Uh, you get to choose between the healing orb and the damage orb, and they are very much parallels of her left click and her right click in many ways. Not every way, but in many ways. The first parallel is that the healing is way better than the damage. Healing in general is more valuable than damage per Overwatch if you compare them on a point-to-point -point basis. If you have something like Mercy's Healing Beam, that is considered a very high healing effect, and it is 60 HP per second. And then you have something like McCree's damage, which is kind of middling in terms of like the assault heroes, and that's 140 damage per second. So healing is more valuable than damage. And if you look at her orbs, her orb healing orb heals for 75 HP per second and can heal a maximum of 300, maybe plus a few extra. Uh, sometimes it heals for like 306, sometimes 302. It's a bit inconsistent. Uh, and the damage is 50 damage per second. Uh, and at 200 maximum. So in a pure numerical basis, it does not, the healing orb is just way better than the damage orb. Obviously it's situational, we're gonna talk about that. It's also worth noting that the damage orb, unlike her alternate fire, will not recharge her healing resource. It will only deal the damage. Uh, also, when you are hitting multiple targets, it will split the, the damage up evenly among every target. So you're not going to be dealing, uh, you're going to be outputting that 50 damage per second, regardless of how many people it's hitting. So if you're hitting two people, it'll be 25 to each and so on. Same goes for the healing orb. Uh, the orb's effect will latch on to anyone within five meters. So if it's a healing orb, it will latch on to teammates that it can heal. And if it is an enemy, it will latch on to enemies it can damage. And when it does latch on, it goes from the normal 20 meter per second speed to 5.5 meters per second, uh, which is just walking speed. It's the, the, the speed normal characters walk at. It will last for 10 seconds or until it lands or runs out of resource and it has a 10 second cooldown. Obviously, it cannot headshot just like her right click. And uh, it is, let's talk about the, the geometry of it, because that is a very interesting interaction sometime with the blizzard polished terrain. So the way it works is that it will just bounce off uh, an object exactly how the physics says. There's no special rules for it. However, blizzard was very, very thorough, let's say, in putting the collision on the maps. So if you hit the edge of a brick and a wall, they coded the collision of that brick to go into the crevice. So if you hit the corner of a brick, it might just bounce into the sky. So generally, if you have a, a very textured surface, uh, you want to avoid shooting at that because it could go anywhere. However, if you want to generally find a nice flat wall that's perpendicular with the ground and aim it so that it will bounce off that wall one time to where you're going. You don't usually need to think about multiple bounces. That's normally a waste of effort. You just want to make sure that you shoot it kind of parallel to the ground at a wall that it'll bounce off of and remain roughly parallel so that it can last at least, you know, four seconds around where the enemy is going to be. And so, you want to just avoid having it going 
and hitting the four or going into the air. Because if you do that and it hits the four or it goes into the air, it's gone. It's just going to go off into the sky either way and be gone forever. So you want to keep it so it stays about at champion level. You don't want to shoot it at the four unless there's a ceiling right above you that it will bounce up and down on forever. Cool, cool. Yeah, you just you just answered my question right when I was just about to ask it. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen people, uh, one student I have was throwing them down like an Anna grenade and just bouncing them into the floor at like a 45 degree angle. Do not, absolutely do not do that. Uh, it's very simple. You can make it much more complicated by actually like getting super good at lining up the angles, but the reward for that is just not there since it's just going to run out before that, or it's going to get eaten by a diva anyway. So it's, it's not worth investing too much thought into it. Uh, but let's look at how we actually use each orb. So with the damage orb, as I mentioned, it's significantly weaker in objective power level, but it does have its uses. Its number one use is farming your ultimate. It is extremely good at this. If you can, in between team fights, throw it towards the entire enemy team, if they don't have a diva to, to eat it or something to get rid of it, it will deal 200 damage. And even though that 200 damage doesn't really do anything to the enemy team, it will give you 10% uh, of your ultimate, roughly. And that is a lot. So if you are just using it every single time it's off cooldown in between fights, then you will be able to farm your ultimate much more quickly. So that's the number one way you're going to be using damage orb. I highly recommend, in, again, unless the enemy has a diva, you want to just throw it towards the enemy team so that it will hit off a wall and bounce back towards them or bounce off a wall so that it goes towards them in the first place. So you're not putting yourself at risk as often as possible. However, it's also kind of useful in two other ways. As I mentioned before, key damage uh, is always something, even though 50 damage per second is not great, if you have a moment where you know it will be the difference between someone living and someone getting away, then yes, you will generally want to damage orb there. However, just bear in mind, those situations tend to be few and far between if you are playing properly, uh, especially if the enemy is playing properly. It can also be very occasionally useful to threaten space if you have... Uh, let's say a Hanzo that's like camping a doorway and keeps poking out from the corner, throwing an arrow, ducking back behind. If you have a widow sitting on the high ground or a junk rat in a window, something like that, something separated from their team, uh, hiding on the high ground or a confined space, you can throw a damage orb towards them to just force them to move for a little bit or potentially force them to go run back to their team for heals, run to a health pack for heals, just to buy your team some time to engage without them. That can be very powerful. However, again, it's usually not going to be effective because if they're on high ground, most of the time you throw the orb at them, they just back up for one second, it flies into the skybox, and then they just go right back to where they are. So... When do you healing orb then? Well, it's every other time. Healing orb is extremely good for key healing during a team fight because Mora just wants to output as much as possible. So if you know a team fight's about to start or is starting, that's where you don't want to throw damage orb to farm your ultimate. You want to be keeping it for your healing orb because it heals for quite a lot. It allows you to conserve your resource more easily during a fight so you can last longer. It allows you to have higher single target or even multiple target healing per second on your tanks or your backline or anyone. Uh, so you almost always want to be able to open a fight with your healing orb right at the start as soon as people are taking significant damage. 
Uh, as I alluded to before, it's also very important that you are not overusing your left click resource in between team fights. So if your team is taking like 200 to 300 damage from poke, you absolutely want to use your healing orb. Uh, in that case, it's better to do that than throw your damage orb because you're actually going to get more uh, ultimate charge than with your damage orb. The second you're healing people for 200, that's that's where it breaks even versus using your damage orb. So it's definitely good sometimes to use your healing orb to heal poke damage as long as it's a significant amount. And we'll say that the significant amount is about 200 or if you're using your left click so much that you think you're going to dip below three quarters of your resource. It's also very useful for self-defense. There are two general ways you'll use it to keep yourself alive. The first is in most situations, you will throw it along your escape trajectory and it will slow down to your walking speed immediately. And then you can kind of travel with it or fade past it to keep getting healed with by it as you're escaping. If you throw your healing orb, it will immediately start healing you. And then if you fade past it, it will stop healing you briefly and then speed back up and then kind of catch up with you right as you come out of fade and keep healing you. Uh, just be careful if you're throwing it along your escape path that you don't walk in a perfectly straight line. Otherwise, you'll just get melted down. There is enough leeway for you to kind of zigzag a little bit as you're going with it uh, before it actually goes out of the five meter range. You can also, if you're indoors, throw it just straight down at the ground if there's a, a flat ceiling above you and it will just bounce up and down forever. This is particularly useful on a few King of the Hill points. Uh, such as Li Zhang or, or yeah, Li Zhang or what's the uh, think it. I can't believe I'm forgetting the name of the map. The one Lucia is really good at the, the Brazil one. Uh, a lot of the points have those roofs on it. Elios, that's exactly it. So yeah, on Elios or Li Zhang, the healing orb is going to be particularly useful on point to just throw it down. So it bounces up to keep you and the rest of your team up. Now let's talk about how it interacts before we move on, because it is kind of unclear how it will interact with a few things, and it was also changed somewhat recently. So it will ignore barriers outright if you throw the damage orb. It will not latch onto them. It will not slow down. It will not expel resource onto them. It just completely ignores them. It won't charge the Zarya bubble. Nothing like that. If it's damaging armor, like your right click, it will deal half damage, 25 damage per second, and it will not act as if it's dealing 50 in terms of a resource. So if you throw damage orb at an armored target, it will still deal 200 damage to them if it goes through the whole thing. It will just do it half as quickly. If a, a target is invulnerable, either with the healing orb or the damage orb, it will completely ignore them. Uh, it will act as if they're not there. This includes things like transcendence. It includes... Uh, kind of like intangible effects like Fade or Reaper's Wraith form, uh, as well as Zarya's bubble. It will not target the Zarya because she is completely invulnerable. If you are damage boosted and you throw a damage orb, it's the same interaction as armor, except uh, on the other end. It will deal increased damage per second, but it will not deal more damage. It will still deal that 200 plus a few more. And if you are trying to heal orb someone who has Anna's anti-heal or purple effect on them, it will actually latch onto them and slow down. 
uh, unlike most of the interactions. However, it will look like it's healing them. It will make sound like it's healing them. However, it will not be expending any of its resources. Will it kill Symmetra turrets? Ah, yes. Excellent question. It's very important to note that Morbus Damage Orb does not interact with those non-hero killable objects placed by enemy heroes. So if you have Junkrat Trap, Junkrat Mine, Junkrat Tyrant, none of those get targeted. Symmetra Turret, Torb Turret, none of those get targeted. It will only ever target an enemy hero. Well, Morva's right click can target barriers and it can target Torb Turrets and Sim Turrets and all of that stuff. Uh, it will not do the same with her damage orb. It will just go right past it and completely ignore it. Gotcha. That's probably a good thing or else those heroes would be extremely countered by Moira. Yeah, it's not a great thing for Moira outside of the barriers, but uh, it not targeting Symmetra's turrets in particular is a huge potential strength it could have. Uh, so not having it makes just just teeny bit worse. Nice, nice. Let's move on to f to, to her ability Fade. Fade is a very uh, defining ability for Moira's playstyle. You can basically think of it like Reaper's Wraith form accelerated. It will make her travel much more quickly, but it doesn't last nearly as long. It bumps her move speed up to 18.75 meters per second, which for all intents and purposes just means very fast. It lasts for only 0.8 seconds. However, it has an extremely short cooldown at 6 seconds, or realistically 6.8 seconds since the cooldown will not be ticking down while it's in effect. Uh, so it's basically a seven, you can use it every 7 seconds. It makes you completely intangible, and it makes you completely invisible. What this means is you can travel through characters, you can travel through uh, you know, teammates, enemies, etc., you are completely invisible to both your teammates and the enemy. Uh, however, you can't travel through terrain. Obviously, you don't fall through the floor. You don't walk through walls. You don't walk through May Wall. Um, but you're completely immune to damage. It also has a very interesting cleanse effect where most negative effects that apply to you uh, or many positive effects that are applied to you will be removed once you fade. So, for instance, if you're hit by an enemy Anna grenade and you fade, it will remove that purple or anti-heal effect from you. However, if a friendly Anna hits you with a bio grenade and you have the heal buff or the yellow effect on you, it will still apply after you are out of fade. It won't remove it. Uh, the same goes for nano boost. Uh, if you are affected by a Zarya bubble, uh, friendly, obviously, then it will remove that as well. If you are affected by Lucio's aura, it will actually retain the effect on you um, for a certain period. I believe it's uh, half a second. And however, though, if you fade and go into Lucio's aura, you will not be affected by it while you're in fade. So if you fade out of Lucio Aura, you'll remain affected by it for about half a second. And if you fade into it, you won't be affected by it until you come out of fade. It also removes Zenyatta's Harmony Orb. So bear that in mind, Zenyatta players especially. If you Harmony a Moira and then she fades and she's low health, you will have to Harmony her again. Um, and everything else makes complete sense for the most part. If you're affected by some type of slow, like maze, freeze, it will cleanse 
uh, all of the slow effect that's on you, and she'll have to start from scratch in terms of trying to freeze you and everything else. So that's how it works. How do we use it? So obviously it's a survival ability. It is something that you can use to stay alive. It makes you invulnerable. It allows you to reposition quickly and it's low cooldown. So it's basically what you use to stay alive. Uh, there's not too many general rules for this since it's so broad in how you can use it. You just use it when you think you're going to die and you can get away from that situation or you think you're going to, you know, potentially take a lot of damage you don't want to take and you can fade to get out of that situation. The only general rule is if you were at risk of dying, then yeah, it was correct. And if you weren't, then it wasn't. Um, the best way to generally stay alive is to keep the following rule in mind, which is walk in, fade out. Fading in is something that is very sparsely useful. Uh, it is something that you can use to good effect if you know exactly when you can get away with it. But the vast majority of the time, that's how you get yourself killed. So if you want to push forward to aggressively throw a damage orb, then walk in damage orb. And then if anyone's shooting you fade out, if you want to go forward and use your alternate fire to charge your resource or charge your ultimate in between fights by going ahead of your tanks, that's fine. Moira's actually can get Moira can get away with that if you know what you're doing, but walk in and fade out. The only times you want to fade in is when you see an opportunity to just get on their low HP, whoever in the cleanup parts of a fight and you can kill them with it uh, and you're not going to die for it. It's something where you just have to know you're going to be able to get away with it. If you're not sure, if you are trying to, you know, play to just win the game, then don't do it. However, I will say the only way you will learn when you can get away with it is by failing a lot. So if you are playing to learn, then fade in all you want, and then you will quickly learn that you die most of the time. But every time you it's, don't, you'll get a little bit better at fading as in. as wraithing in as Reaper, though. I mean, that's really bad. <laughs> no, it's not quite as bad. Doing anything but in doing anything in as a Reaper is generally bad. Using his yeah, uh, I wish repositioning. Guys, I'm re oh, I'm man, over I here now, Reaper but don't shoot me. Fade. Had <laughs> Moira's fade. That would be amazing. That would be that would be <laughs> interesting to play against. But uh <laughs> back to fade. What a segue. Uh, Mara's fate is also useful for what I call emergency repositioning, which is whenever I need to be over there really soon, uh, you can use it there. The obviously this includes if you need to get away from like a roadhog who's about to hook you, get out of Winston, Tesla cannon range, that falls under survival. However, let's say you are kind of fighting uh, a tracer or something like that who's on you, and then you notice your Reinhardt all the way over there is at desperate low health and he's about to get melted down you can fade in output your your maximum healing potential on him and be groovy there anytime you need to just get all the way over there to a teammate uh or away from something uh fade is very good for that just bear in mind generally if you find yourself having to fade to teammates a lot you are most likely positioning incorrectly uh we'll talk about how to avoid that a little bit later uh but just it's it's hard to point out specific examples because it's so general. Like you could fade because I need to get to this health pack right now. You could fade because I need to get 
out of this, you know, high noon so that it doesn't break our Reinhardt shield. Uh, it could be anything. Uh, just bear yeah, in mind. I mean, because it's such a short cooldown, you know, but. Yes. So you can afford to use it like that as long as you know you're not going to need it soon. Uh, also, yeah, it, if you're just it, getting out like, of spawn faster, no reason not to fade. Uh, yeah, most of the time. I just find playing against Moira's that are really good, they're going to wait until I'm on them, and then they're going to use it, and then I'm going to try and have to find out where they went. Now, the bad ones will stay close to me, and the good ones, I'll be like, where did they go? Yep. Uh, a lot of the abilities in this game, better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Gotcha. So, generally, the, the most effective play is to save it for just in case. That's generally going to be the best way you do that. However, we can use it a little bit better. In addition to using it at the right time, we can use it in the right way. So momentum is a very funny thing in this game. I could talk forever about it, but let's just say in the, the abridged version, when you're on the ground, the game will immediately decelerate you to like the 5.5 meters per second that you normally run at. You just almost instantly lose all any and all speed you have. However, when you're in the air, that speed is slowly translated into downward momentum. So you keep almost all of your momentum when you're in the air. So if we fade, we're again moving at 18.75 meters per second. And if we jump right before we lose that speed, instead of being on the ground and immediately going back to the 5.5 meters per second, we can instead continue at that faster speed until we hit the ground. So basically, we can extend the distance we can travel with Fade, not the invulnerability, uh, but we, the distance we can travel with Fade if we jump right at the end. That's something you'd want to just kind of practice until you get a feel for in the practice range, uh, but it is very useful, uh, especially if you're in a situation where you need to get to a teammate or get as far away from an enemy as possible, or you're coming out of spawn and you want to get somewhere as soon as possible. Uh, it's a very useful technique. It's something that you will see most Mario players, including myself, do after almost every fade. Even if it's not particularly useful, it's rarely bad because by the time you come out of fade, the enemy won't be able to react to your jump uh, and punish you for jumping. So it's almost always a good idea to jump out of fade unless you specifically want to travel like a shorter distance. Yeah, and I'm assuming I act, I actually tried this after we talked about it, and it's really cool. It kind of reminds me of using the jump after Doom Fist um, punch or or Widow's hook, and uh, and I'm assuming that you do it all, every time to keep your your timing right. Is that why you're doing it? So you're just kind of like not consciously. But once you do it so often, it becomes muscle memory. I'm not making sure I jump out of fade every time so I preserve the muscle memory. It's just I wind up doing it so much that I just always do it by habit. But I, you never get punished for it. So you don't stop. Uh, so it's just muscle memory. It's not there, there, I've never really been punished by that habit. So you don't have to be careful of it. It's not like spamming the normal jump button, which can be very bad. Uh, it's, it's just something that's almost always good to do. If not, you know, it's, it's less always good and more never bad. Almost. Gotcha. Never bad. Yeah, and it's, it's just pretty cool. So yeah, it's fun. 
It makes it makes yeah, it feel more fun. It's very she is uh, a comparable very fun to jumping out of Guardian Angel with that the the mercy mechanic that was added a little bit ago after shortly after the rework. Uh, it's kind yeah, of similar yeah. to that where you just keep your speed longer. All right. Well, uh, let's go into uh, what I think a lot of people are confused about is her ultimate co coalescence. All right. Well. You're going to be very shocked. This ability is actually extremely different from her left click and her right click. It completely breaks the kind of flow of her character where, oh, like everything's a combination of the healing. and the No, no, I'm kidding. It's ex it's another third parallel. <laughs> she has the damage that's lower and then the healing that's higher, except this time it's at the same time. So the it's a beam and it will deal 70 damage per second, which for perspective is just a little bit more than Winston's beam and just a little bit less than like Reinhardt hammer or Anadart. So it's, it's very it tickles. low. It's, it's lower than completely uncharged Zarya beam. The healing, however, 140 HP per second, while also healing yourself for 50 HP per second. Again, that's flat, does not scale with anything outside of, you know, Anna's healing grenade. Um, I have a question for you, though. Yes. Does it heal you if you do damage or no, does it only always, heal you if you heal someone? Okay, so it's just it's always. Just always. Gotcha. While it's active, it heals you. It doesn't matter if you hit anything. Uh, but the for perspective on that 140 HP per second, it's just a little under half of Zenyatta's transcendence. So the healing is very powerful, but it's not quite powerful enough to put it on the level of Zenyatta's transcendence where you make things almost unkillable. You can absolutely, in fact, very easily out damage her healing. So it's something that's very powerful, but it's not a trump card. It's not something you can use to just counter an enemy ultimate. 140 HP per second is slightly lower than what you can output on one target with healing orb and left click. So it's very good, but it's it's not something that is you know just will trump damage uh it has a 30 meter range which is twice as long as your left click uh it's very far uh that's another thing people don't utilize you have so much range on this thing uh and it's very important you make use of it it will last for eight seconds uh which is quite long that's usually the significant portion of a team fight usually after eight seconds a fight if it's not over, it may as well be. Uh, not always, of course, but that's generally on average how it goes. And it will increase your movement speed to nine meters per second. Not quite double your normal walking speed, but definitely faster. It also has the effect of making you float in the air slightly, which can be very useful uh, against things like uh, Hanzo's scatter arrow or something like that. It, it, or uh, explosions like Bastion Ultimate. If you hit the ground next to a Moira, it can be much more difficult to actually kill her. It obviously can't headshot. Nothing she can do can. And like her left click, it will go through barriers and it will go through heroes, friendly and otherwise. So one of the most interesting things about this ability, because in all honesty, it's not exceptionally interesting. It's just her left click and her right click, her orb and her everything just combined into one. What's interesting is it's charge time, because if you ask people what the charge time is, most of the time, they'll be oh, it's extremely short. My guess, lowest amount of points required to get it in the game, maybe a little bit higher than Symmetra. But no, it's actually the second highest point requirement. 
The only hero that requires more points to get their ultimate is Lucio. However, it still is very easy to get because Morva just outputs so many numbers. Like I said before, her damage orb is really good at charging ultimate. There is really no other character in the game where you can just throw out a reliable 200 damage. Even with Fire Strike, with Reinhardt, you'll usually hit one, occasionally two, but more occasionally zero people. Moira is very consistent, unless they have a D.Va, that you can always hit that 200. And her healing, as I mentioned before, it's way higher than even the peak output of someone like Anna. Way higher than Mercy, way higher than Lucio or Zen. So you can output so many numbers that you can charge it extremely quickly. What's important to remember about this is because it takes so many points, you will not charge it unless you are actively putting out those numbers. It's that ultimate where you could use it once every three fights, or you could use it twice in one fight. You have high potential to get it, but you don't just kind of passively get it. So let's talk about how to use it again. So first, it's important to know when to use it. So as I said before, it is something you use to win team fights. So above any of the other rules I'm going to go over, the bottom line is if you think there is a good chance that using this ultimate will win the fight for your team, meaning that you think you're going to lose, but if you use it, you think you're going to win, then you use it. Nothing else matters. Uh, if you can win a team fight with this ultimate, that's value. The only other type of value is if you can force an enemy to use their ultimate. Or let's say you coalescence and then the Zen feels the need to transcendence after. If you still lose the fight, well, you forced out transcendence. So that's value. But generally, anytime you think it'll win the team fight, you just use it. That being said, the most consistent way to do that is using it at the start of an even fight. It is an ultimate you should be getting very often, so you don't have to save it for ideal situations. It's also an ultimate that lasts quite a while, so if you use it near the start of a fight, that's where you will generally get the most value out of it. Um, so what you'll look for is you'll look for both teams to be engaged. You don't want to engage with it. You don't want to say, I'm going to coalescence, go in. You want to be like, our team went in, now I'm going to coalescence. You want both teams to be fighting. You want both teams to no longer be moving towards one another. If people are still moving towards one another, unless they're getting taking a lot of damage, that's usually too soon. Uh, you want both teams to be fighting, normally both front lines to be engaged with each other. And that's when you'll pop it, bearing in mind that it takes one second to cast before it will actually start healing anyone. Because it takes one second to cast and it lasts for eight seconds, that coincidentally is just about exactly your orb cooldown. So if you have orb, you always want to throw your orb out first. And as I mentioned before, healing orb is better than damage orb almost all the time. And her healing per second is just not quite good enough to be a trump card. So you absolutely are not going to be consistently overkilling your healing if you throw out a healing orb. If you can get the healing orb in addition to the healing per second, it'll push you in uh, you know, to that just over 200 healing per second range, which will start to outheal uh, certain DPS ultimates like Genji ult or Reaper ult or even uh, Soldier ult. So generally you will throw out a healing orb first. Sometimes you'll throw out a damage orb, but again, that's when you know that the damage orb is better, not when you're not sure. Uh, as I mentioned a little bit before, the healing is exponentially better than the damage because healing by itself, if it were one-to-one, -one, healing is more valuable than damage. But in this case, uh, the healing is twice as high, 
as the damage. So the healing is, of course, what you are going to be focused on. In terms of target priority, it will be the same healing priority as your left click. Uh, you're going to want to heal the people who are at risk of dying, uh, prioritizing fellow healer, then DPS, then tank, while making sure that you are trying to keep your whole team alive and outputting key healing so that they can keep fighting. So the way you'll generally aim this is so that I am hitting whoever on my team is taking the brunt of the damage, which is normally, again, going to be someone on the front line, normally a tank. And then you also want to be hitting one of two different things. Uh, if you can hit both of your front line, perfect, do that. And if you can hit one enemy along with that, you want to, if you can, either hit an enemy squishy hero on the back line. Let's say a Zenyatta, a McCree. Uh, a mercy, something like that. Not because it will kill them. You don't want to focus on killing them, but because 70 DPS, well, not high, is high enough to force them into hiding, to force them into getting healed instead of someone else on their front line. So, for instance, if you are hitting the enemy front line and they have a Moira, the Moira will be healing the front line. However, if you're hitting their Zenyatta, the Moira will have to heal their Zenyatta to keep them alive, which can indirectly deal way more damage than if you were damaging the enemy front line. It also has a pseudo blind effect because it's such a thick, wide um, cone of, I, I guess, uh, you know, cylinder of color. It's a Kamehameha. Yeah, it, it, combined with uh, solar flare, you know, it's, yep. it's, it's, it's <laughs> kind of blinding. Uh, if you have a coalescence beam kind of like going on you, on and off, it can be very difficult to see anything. So even that, like you can lower their Zenyatta's accuracy or maybe miss out on someone he needs to heal. Uh, if you can't hit that person, then yeah, you'll just hit the enemy front line. Uh, however, as I mentioned before, key damage is absolutely a factor. If you see uh, like a Genji ulting or something and he's kind of low, your priority is absolutely melting him down first since you won't be able to outheal his damage. Uh, if you see someone... Uh, who is trying to get away at low health, melt them down, as long as you don't need key healing. Key healing trumps key damage, but key damage trumps trash healing. So if just make, make that distinction when using it. But before all of this, uh, positioning is very important because in, able, in order to decide between those two different, uh, or I guess several different targets, you want to have as much vision as possible. And Moira has a 30 friggin' meter beam range, so you can be very far in the back. In fact, if you watch my play, when I have Coalescence, I will actually position differently altogether. I will position way far in the back, and because I'm looking at Coalescence at the start of a fight, I can Coalescence and already be far in the back. That means I'm not going to get Roadhog hooked. It means I'm not going to get Earth Shattered. It means I'm not going to get caught in Graviton. It means if Reaper ults, I'm not there. Um, so they won't be able to pick me off. So it's very useful for staying alive and not having it interrupted. It also is very useful for just seeing that, oh, they're on my Zenyatta, but because I'm in the back, I can see that and I can heal the Zenyatta and kill the Genji at the same time. Or uh, my, you know, Roadhog is backing off towards a health pack and because I'm not super far up. I can see that and just heal him. So he stays fighting stuff like that. And just, of course, don't do that thing I see a lot of Moira's do where you coalescence and then you charge into the enemy team like you're going to kill anyone. <laughs> you are a Zarya with bad aim. That's how much damage you do. You are a gold Zarya with no no charge. 
Uh, that that is what you will be outputting. So don't get cocky, kid. You'll just get your, your yourself killed. You'll get your team killed, and you'll actually detriment your team by using your ultimate. Yeah, and uh, something I see actually quite often that drives me nuts. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is really the wrong way. I see a mercy on the other team blow ultimate she goes up high and our moira blows her ultimate and then aims at mercy and you can't kill her with that with that damage and the whole team fight is down low mercy's uh giving healing to everybody and moira's wasting hers on just on just mercy yeah so that's something i'm not going to call bad but i'm certainly not going to call it good it's one of those key damage situations where if uh, you notice the, the Mercy ulted because she was getting dove on by a Winston and you see she has low health, you can coalescence and burn her down in a couple seconds. And that will be a massive advantage for your team. Um, because if you keep it on her perfectly, which isn't hard, you will be dealing 50 damage, excuse me, 50 damage per second to her, uh, which is, you know, 70 minus her 20 healing per second passive. Uh, so if you can do that and it works, then it's good most of the time, as long as you're not letting your whole team die without healing. However, it's not something you just use. It's not like High Noon, where I saw Valk, I pit Q. It's something that is very situationally powerful. <laughs> um, but especially with New Mercy Valkyrie, it's almost not worth it, because before it would be a situation where if I don't prevent these two reses, my team loses anyway, um, because Coalescence is just so much weaker than Valkyrie as an ultimate. Uh, but now that's not the case. It's kind of the tables have turned. If anything, yeah. Mercy should be pulling out her pistol and trying to kill you. Uh, <laughs> well, and the times that I've seen it, she was way high up. She wasn't rezzing anybody. You know, she was outputting her well, that's heal the thing with old Mercy. and full health. She could teleport. You you had 40 oh, meter yeah, per second dash at 40 fast. meter range. It doesn't matter where you were. If she swooped down, she could just blink in, res two people, nothing personal kid, and then be out. Uh, but... But yeah, uh, this is not the Mercy Nerf podcast. <laughs> yep. so let's, uh, That'll be for later. Let's move on. Rest in peace, Mercy. 49.8% win rate. Never forget. Unplayable character. <laughs> Moving on to positioning. All right. So Moira's positioning is not like uh, a tanks or some of the other supports. It's just exceptionally team dependent. A lot of other characters are, are fairly team dependent in terms of their positioning. Everyone is somewhat, but Moira is exceptionally team dependent to the point where you're you're a dog on a leash almost uh, or, or, or more aptly. You are holding a leash on your your two main tanks, but you're like the, the cartoon eight year old girl who's being hired to walk the dogs. And there are these two great days. They're, they're walking you. You're holding the leash on them, but they're walking you. So you'll get dragged along with them. Uh, and as I said before, you want to be about 10 to 12 meters behind them um, so that you can see as much as possible. You want to be seeing your main tanks, but you want to be at an angle so you can see the rest of your team. Vision, vision, vision is so important. And it's one of the most easily overlooked things you can have as a support. Because I didn't know that I wasn't outputting healing on the right target because I didn't see them. 
you know, if if a teammate dies behind me and I didn't see them, did they exist in the first place? No, they were just bad. I have bad teammates. That's all that happened. Well, no, no, you, it's absolutely your fault. If a team dies outside of your vision every single time, it doesn't matter how they died or where they died within reason. If you did not see them die, you misplayed because you don't know if you could have saved them. If you didn't know exactly where they are, you made the mistake because you didn't know. You should know where all of your teammates are as much as possible. You should be very frequently turning around to check on them if they aren't in your vision. Moira is much more difficult to play on console, in my opinion, because you you have to turn around a lot because you have to be in the middle of your team, but you also have to see your back line. Uh, so in order to maximize vision, again, you want to generally be looking at your main tanks, be on either the right or the left side of your quote unquote death ball. If that's what your team's doing, uh, making sure to look back very frequently once every two to three seconds with the, your no music. Mora is a musicless character because you need to be able to hear, uh, that Zenyatta's shield getting hit as opposed to HP getting hit. Uh, you need to be able to hear when your when your mercy says help me or when a tracer is shooting. You absolutely need to hear that. You need to hear where they're from. You need to hear footsteps because Mora does not have the luxury of positioning to maximize vision by being very far in the back like a Zenyatta. It's exceptionally important. What's also very important and very dynamic and difficult to master because your positioning is so based on where your front line is, is utilizing terrain. The general rule is you don't want to see the enemy team because you want to make sure that you are able to left click as much as possible. And if you're taking damage, you're going to have to heal yourself with healing orb rather than your teammates. And you're going to have to right click to heal yourself rather than healing teammates. So you want to try to hide in corners, hide in little doorways, uh, use any type of corner anytime you can in order to cut off vision of the enemy team until you need to start right clicking um, in order to charge your resource and stuff like that. However, very often on Moira, outside of team fights or potentially during a team fight, if you are low on resource or your team is cleaning up, you will have to position aggressively. You'll have to go for some aggression. And what you'll generally do with this is walk forward, walk forward past your team. Try not to continue walking forward once you're in range, because then you'll be moving predictably. Then you can start moving erratically back and forth uh, and Make sure that you are not fading in unless you know you can get away with it. Uh, it's okay to walk forward on Moro. You can get away with a lot because you have a very powerful, pretty low cooldown escape. So when you're pushing forward aggressively, whether it be because you want to throw a damage orb for poke or because you want to right click the Roadhog for some alt charge or for some healing resource, make sure that you are able to get away with it that you have, you know where you're going to fade out and that you have fade up. But at that point, that's where you just need to be mindful of where the state of the fight, where I know I can do this because I know their Genji or their Tracer is not on our back line. I know I can do this because I've, I've seen my teammates and they're all healthy. I know I can do this because a fight isn't actively happening or something like that. Gotcha. Um, well... Let's talk about her strengths and weaknesses, and let's start with some with some strengths. Absolutely. Samora is a very strength and weakness character. Uh, she's not one-dimensional. She's two-dimensional. Exactly two. Healing and damage. And her primary strength is the primary, uh, the healing. Her healing is exceptionally good. Uh, outside of the range limitation, it is definitely the best healing um, 
not counting ultimates or anything like that in the game with just your left flick and her orb. It's exceptionally good. It, you don't have to worry about missing. You don't have to worry about reloading like Anna. It doesn't get blocked by barriers. The only limitation is the range, but the only character with super high range healing is Zenyatta, and his is 30 HP per second. So compared to other healers, her healing output is just on another level. The other strength is her ultimate. Now, compared to other supports, except New Mercy uh, and Anna, her ultimate is pretty weak, actually. It's nowhere near the power level of Sound Barrier or Transcendence. However, it is listed as a strength because Zenyatta and especially Lucio use it once every few fights. They have to save it for when they know they get the maximum value from it. But Moira can charge her so quickly that it's like comparing Pulse Bomb and Graviton Surge uh, or comparing EMP and Earth Shatter. Uh, if you compare them one to one, it's not really fair because you can use EMP or Pulse Bomb every friggin' fight. Uh, and that's that's how Coalescence works when you compare it to Sound Barrier, Transcendence, or even Valkyrie. You just get it so quickly that it again lifts on a different level. Her other major advantage is going to be her mobility and survivability. When compared to other supports, she's also on another level with this. A lot of other supports really struggle with Tracer, with Genji, or they're just completely out of luck against Winston, uh, especially like Zenyatta, Anna, and to a lesser extent, Mercy. Lucio's a bit better at this, but still, if someone gets on you, all you can really do is heal yourself a little bit, boop, and try to run away on, on some walls, or rather uh, parkour away. Um, but Moira has so many options. You can heal herself for 30, and then also healing uh, with a right click, and then also healing orb, for another 75 for 105 healing per second on herself. She can fade every seven seconds, roughly, um, to make her very difficult to pin down, to cleanse any slow, to cleanse a healing debuff, anything on her. Uh, and if she's indoors, she can just healing orb herself and will she can position wherever she wants within five meters of that and get healed. So she's so difficult to kill that it's often not worth it. Uh, to even try, unless you can actually get a good dive on her after baiting out her fade. But at the same time, if you don't kill her, then it you you need so much more damage to burst through the rest yeah, of her team. Yeah, she is a pain. Uh, and then, of course, her horizontal mobility is almost unparalleled with supports. Uh, while Mercy can go, you know, farther more often, and Lucio has more consistently high mobility, uh, you know, Moira's peak mobility is better than Lucio, but Lucio doesn't have a cooldown on it, Moira's is just the most versatile of the two overall. Uh, you're not dependent on being anywhere. You don't need to rely on walls. You don't need to rely on teammates. If you have the cooldown, you're the sky's the limit outside of high, high ground. Horizontal mobility, not vertical, uh, is just, you know, again, very high compared to the other supports. So after that, it seems Moira is just super good, right? Like, you can't kill her, and her healing's insane, and she's mobile. Nerf this character. She gets her ultimate every fight. Well, well, here's where it gets a bit worse. Her damage, garbage. Even worse than Anna. Even worse than Lucio. Uh, even worse than Mercy sometimes. Uh, it's, we need to capitalize very on low. this, everybody. Uh, she's bad damage. Yes. Just because you can get gold damage by throwing out damage orb, bear in mind, that's all trash. That damage is trash. Not all damage is created equal. There's trash damage and there's key damage. Moira's trash damage is okay. Her key damage is awful. 50? Yeah, it's bad. 50? 
Yeah, you can you can damage orb and get that up to a hundred, but that's mercy pistol that can't yeah, shot. Like everybody, it's, it's not great. It gets split among enemies. It's easy to avoid. Her damage. Everybody, I hear it so much at a lower Moira's like. Why do I have gold E limbs? The same reason monkey gets it, because if you're throwing out damage or you touch everybody once, like you got, you, you know, you got 5% yeah. of that kill. So take that with a grain of salt. If you're, if you have, if you have gold eliminations, you're probably not healing your DPS. I wouldn't say that at all. If you have gold eliminations, it does not mean anything. It doesn't mean you're playing good. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're playing that's bad. Definitely a better way to it say it. Is. If if you're if you have gold eliminations, chances are you're just not playing against the diva. That's usually how it goes. Uh, if you're throw, if you have gold eliminations, you might be damage orbing at the start of a fight too much, uh, or you might not. Uh, it's just her eliminations just aren't a metric of anything. Honestly, it's not really a metric yep. of anyone's character yep. metals don't matter. True, true but that, anyway, true that. Her damage is very bad. Uh, her other weakness is going to be range. When compared to Ana, uh, with her, I, I guess technically, I think it's 120 meter range on her left click. Zen's very long 40 meter range on her healing. Or even Mercy's 15 meter healing range, but can GA towards teammates every couple seconds. And has a kind of forgivement, forgive period where if you are in 15 meters and then back up and then you... It will stay on them for a few seconds. Uh, her healing range is not very good. It's better than Lucio, but other than that, it's poor. And it's very limiting, especially in combination with these very slow projectile speed. That means if you're healing uh, very quick characters and you're not right up close to them, you are not going to have your full healing output. And this is where numbers can get a bit deceiving. If you are healing a tracer who's even 10 meters away from you, chances are you're going to be healing her less than the Harmony Orb is because it's so hard to hit her uh, to the point where because the projectile is so slow, it's not even a matter of skill. It's just kind of luck unless you somehow know exactly how this tracer is going to move, uh, which humans aren't really uh, very good at. It's it's just kind of luck. So at those longer ranges, especially against smaller characters, you do really suffer, uh, especially in terms of, of damage. If you will find so many times, or at least I do, where the enemy's just outside of that 21 meters and I'm low on resource and I just can't can't get to them. Uh, or they or the other weakness for damage is it doesn't go through barriers. So if you want resource and there's a Winston bubble there, well, you gotta wait. Is there a Reinhardt shield? Well, you gotta wait until he throws fire strike. Um, so that 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 the two limitations on her right click are very limiting. Uh, her right click especially is definitely the weakest link in her kit. And even the range on her left click is very limiting, especially when healing more mobile characters. Good luck healing a Farah. Good luck healing a Genji. Um, you're going to struggle with that. Even Mercy, if she's in GA, it's almost impossible to lead her as she moves. At, I believe just a little bit uh, slower than your healing projectile. She goes 20 meters per second normally uh, versus 30 with that. Uh, and then her other weakness is going to be resources. Uh, she's the only character what, that among the healers that can just run out of heals. No one else can really do that. Anna can get caught reloading. Um, but Ed Lucio cannot have amp it up on cooldown, but Mara can just run out. And if you misuse your resource or are in a situation where the enemy is not letting you charge it because they have an Arissa barrier or a Reinhardt shield in front of their whole team, 
you're just not going to have heals, and you have to be very careful to avoid that. Luckily, you can supplement this with Healing Orb, um, which you absolutely, as I've mentioned many times, should be doing. Uh, it still can be very punishing. And then finally, the worst part about Moira, the only reason she's not absolutely broken and dominating, she has no utility. None. All of the other supports, even Mercy has damage boost. Uh, Mara doesn't have really anything. Um, she does healing. She does damage. That's it. Anna has a very powerful purple effect. And if you land a sleep dart, that can just be a straight up kill sometimes. Discord Orb, speed boost, arguably the single two best abilities in the entire game. Even if numerically you look at the other supports and Mara just surpasses them in every way, she doesn't have utility, which can be a huge limiting factor on her as a hero. Um, she, it doesn't suffer as much in compared with Mercy, which is why after the Mercy nerfs, Moira is just kind of fitting comfortably into where, uh, Mercy used to sit. Uh, that definitely does, is a huge weakness for her. She more than makes up for it. Uh, don't get me wrong, but her, her utility is a pretty severe limiting factor. And her final weakness, which will get us into the next section, is that she is very inconsistent with different team comps and maps. So she works. The other supports mostly work well in just about any situation. Lucio has some stronger maps. Uh, you know, the more, the more uh, vertical and like with bottomless pits, there are the better Lucio does. And Yada kind of thrives on maps where he can have wide open spaces, but he's still fine in enclosed areas. Uh, really does not work like that. And with a lot of uh, the other supports, you can throw them into just about any team comp. There's normally just two good supports, and you run them with every comp, somewhat. Uh, but Moira, not quite so much. The most significant part is with main tanks. So with main tanks, she works so well with Reinhardt. She is very, very good. Anna used to be the Reinhardt queen. She was just... Put her with a Reinhardt, put her against a Reinhardt, She's super happy and she's very powerful. Moira is so good with Reinhardt that she even eclipses Anna's one little saving grace that Anna has uh, by being very good with Reinhardt. Uh, the reason for that is that Moira is very good at flexibly supporting Reinhardt. Uh, she can heal him when he throws fire strike. She can get resource when he has shield up. Uh, she can support his aggression because it's very slow with her. She can walk with it. And when Reinhardt needs to go in, she has, again, unparalleled healing per second. And Coalescence works extremely well with Reinhardt's charge. Um, however, with the other uh, tank lineups, she's not quite as good. She's not very good with Winston because if you want to heal him after he's gone in, you're going to have to fade him. And while you can get away with that a lot, if the enemy is looking out for you to do that, they can just instantly kill you. And then your team has lost almost all of their healing and you're probably going to lose that team fight. Um, so it, it, it is much more difficult to play Moira with Winston. Um, so be careful about that. However, Winston synergizes very well with Coalescence. While it's going to be more difficult for you to charge Coalescence, because you won't be able to be constantly healing a main tank throughout a team fight, you can still give him a healing orb, and that's more than he needs most of the time. If you throw a healing orb at his dive target without coalescence, and then focus on supporting your backline or your and or your off tank, or sometimes even fading in if you know the enemy team is not going to be able to punish you, you can work very well with Winston. Uh, but it's definitely a bit weaker than Reinhardt. And the worst one she works with is Orissa. 
uh, because Arissa is normally not taking any poke damage, or her team's not taking any poke damage. She's absorbing it all with her shield. She just anchors herself in place, and then there's no damage, no damage, no damage, no damage, no damage, all of the damage. And while Moira's healing output is incredible, that's normally where utility supports thrive. Uh, that's that's the kind of situation where Anna should thrive. If Anna weren't horrible, she would be super good with the Arissa Hog comp. Luckily, it's supplemented. Normally, the hog is taking enough damage for you to kind of keep your ultimate going up, uh, but it's just harder to make more work. However, because Mercy and Anna, the characters that should be better than Moira with the specific team comp, are struggling, I still think you pick Moira with Arissa um, most of the time. However, just bear in mind, it's it's weaker. So if, if you are choosing between... Moira and another healer and you're not comfortable playing Moira or comfortable in this situation playing Moira feel no shame in picking Anna or Mercy um both those characters are still good enough and I think with Arissa is the best time to pick Anna right now and then the other tank situation which is a no main tank comp is where Moira again is exceptional this is not a comp you will see run competitively uh very often but um or ever uh it's very frequent in solo queue. Well, you'll have a Diva Roadhog, a Zarya, and a Roadhog or something like that. Moira is exceptionally good at that because, again, she has so much healing output that she can compensate for the fact that your front line is just always taking damage. Uh, you have to be very careful when playing this out that you don't run out of resource, but other healers, even at their max healing output, just can't keep up with it. So you're going to be con you're going to be coalescing every single fight. You'll burn through your resource, you'll coalescence, and then you'll try to recharge it uh through your um damage between fights stuff like that but more is by far the best support you can pick if you don't have a main tank so yeah as i said before because Mora is just kind of on another power level to the other healers that doesn't mean you don't pick Mora with the the winston and the Arissa yet if Anna gets a significant buff or Mercy gets a little bit of a buff, I think you absolutely will most likely wind up with uh, someone else being run with Dive, whether it be going back to Zen Lucio or running Anna with Orissa or Mercy with Orissa. Uh, that can absolutely happen. So in future, just bear in mind that Moira is much better with Winston, excuse me, Reinhardt or a no main tank comp or a four tank comp as you see running uh, pro play sometimes than she is with those other comps in terms of dps it's very straightforward she is very good at healing relatively immobile dps's your junk rats your mccrees your soldiers uh anyone who would be kind of in the back line center of the team comp perfect however if you have some teammates who are going to be either very separated from your team like a widow uh or a tracer someone who's going to be far away, you are not going to be able to support them almost at all. That doesn't mean don't pick Moira if you have one, but it might mean don't pick Moira if you don't if you have two. So the situation where you might consider not picking Moira and even in the current meta in solo queue is if you have two of those DPS heroes you can't support and then you also have one of the tanks that's going to be hard to support. Um, that's where you might run a run like Zen Lucio. Like, let's say if you have like a vanilla divey comp with Winston, with Diva, and then with Tracer Genji or Tracer Widow or something like that, and then a Zenyatta, you might want to pick Lucio over your Moira. Or you might even want to pick uh, Anna if it's a high ground map or something like that. Uh, 
but generally you want to have at least one DPS you can support. And it doesn't have to be too much, just someone that if they're taking damage, you can access them. In terms of the other supports, Mara works with pretty much all of them. She is the worst with Mercy by far, in my opinion, because that way you have no utility. If you have Mara Zen, you can compensate for Mara's Rack of Utility by having Discord Orb. Or if you have Lucio, you can compensate for that with Speed Boost. Uh, with Anna, Purple Sleep Dart. But with Mercy, you don't have any utility. And you have two main healers that don't do basically any damage, so that can be a very weak team comp because you don't need that extra healing from Mercy. Before, you ran Moira Mercy pretty much every time you ran Moira because Mercy was so overpowered. But now that Mercy's fairly balanced it kind of shows itself as being a bad combination. But for the most part, who you pair up with as a support is far less important than who you pair up with the rest of your team. Um, so it's okay to pick her with a Mercy if you have a even okay composition. Like if you have a Winston as your tank and you have a uh, like a Hanzo as one of your DPS, even something like that, you can still pick her with Mercy. Another part is map types. So she struggles quite a lot on maps that are very open because it will be harder to stay within range of the majority of your team. And she also struggles with high ground because she has no vertical mobility. Her nightmare maps are going to be Gibraltar up until the third point because there's so much high ground. And on second point, there's a lot of open space and even more high ground. Um, I recommend... It's okay to pick her on it, but just beg your team to kind of play as a, a bit of a death ball so you can do anything. Otherwise, you might want to swap to Mercy. Um, Route 66 is another very bad one because it's very open with a lot of high ground. And again, you just can't access it. So you will have trouble with it. The maps she thrives the most on are going to be very enclosed maps without too much verticality to them, which is most King of the Hill maps, uh, especially like Li Zhang. Um, control tower, the one with the plan, uh, the, the planetarium kind of thing in the middle uh, with the round point. That's very enclosed. There's not much high ground. You can just be healing three yeah, to four people at once sometimes, time. and it's a good time. Well, uh, let's uh, rattle off some common mis uh, common mistakes. I know we've mentioned quite a few of them, but let's just uh, reiterate real quick. Yeah, I, I'm going to kind of... I'm going to kind of blow through them because I've already talked about them a lot, but just bear in mind, these are the worst of the worst mistakes that are just the most common that the Moira player base really needs to get out of the habit of doing. So number one, being damage focused. Moira sucks at doing damage. Focus on healing. End of story. Number two is resource squandering. If you aren't taking advantage of your ability to kind of spritz people to take effect of the overtime heal, the lingering heal that it has, you can find yourself running out of resource. And if you go into a fight with low resource, you are just simply not going to be effective. So you have to be very careful about managing your resource and do not overuse it. I'll even say if, uh, actually I'll talk about that way, but the, the next thing is tunnel vision. So unlike Mercy, Moira has to actively be looking at the person she's healing which means you have much less freedom to look around. As I mentioned, vision is so important that you cannot afford to just look at one person. You have to always be trying to look around and see what's around you and then make decision all of the time. You can never afford to just tunnel vision on your tank. You can't tunnel vision on the tracer behind you. You can't tunnel vision on the reaper who's taking damage in front of you. Uh, you have to have a very broad field of view and be turning all of the time. Uh, 
Another very common misconception with Moira's ultimate, as I mentioned before, is using it very offensively. It is absolutely not an offensive ultimate that you use to like kill people, to like engage and go in or to deal damage to kill people. It's not good at that. You don't use it like it's tactical visor. Like I see a few people use it. Another very common conception is that it's a defensive ultimate. That makes no sense, right? If it's not offensive, it's defensive. No, it's, it's neither, really. What's traditionally referred to as a defensive ultimate is exactly sound barrier and exactly transcendence because they can negate a dragon blade or a graviton or a tactical visor or a death blossom. They can negate those super powerful ultimates, making them completely removed and then turning a massive advantage that the enemy has into a massive advantage for your team. Morva's ultimate is much more middling for that. It mitigates damage and it, uh, it, it, it uses its healing to mitigate damage and it uses its damage to mitigate healing uh, or just be supplemental. It doesn't outright trump anything. Um, so you don't want to use it to counter Dragon Blade. You don't want to use it to counter Graviton. You don't want to use it to combo with Graviton all the time. It can be a good situation to coalescence against an enemy power ultimate, and it can be a terrible decision. It, same with Graviton. It can be a very good idea to use your coalescence to support your Graviton, and it can be a waste. So you have to be very careful with that. It's not a type of ultimate where you use it based on the enemy ultimate. It's a very proactive Buffy ultimate. Uh, it's like Valkyrie. Um, you use it just to make your team very a little bit better at everything they do. Another common mistake is not knowing the maximum range of your left click of Violet Grasp. Um, the healing aspect, again, it's very poor at indicating how far it goes. It goes 15 meters with a uh, slow projectile speed. So I highly recommend that you go into the practice range and uh, or against bots and just try to heal people from the absolute maximum range and getting used to applying that. Go 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 against bots uh, and then try to just hit people who are just moving from as far away as you possibly can. And then if you're even playing like quick play or something, you can just try practicing that. Uh, anytime you are just building up, having a feel for how long it actually is, that will be massively helpful for you. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, just uh, kind of rattle off some matchups. All right. So there are, yeah, there are several heroes you need to look out for Mara because there's special precautions or plays you have to kind of make against them. Number one, I've mentioned a few times, it's Diva. So basically what Diva does is she eats your orbs and it costs nothing for her to do that. She just has to flicker on her, re uh, her defensive matrix for a moment, which costs almost none of her resource and she'll have it up in a second. So it's not, it doesn't cost her anything. So if the enemy has a diva, you are not going to just spam out your damage orb as often as possible. You have to either A, look for an opportunity where you know diva will not be able to eat it because let's say she just got Roadhog cooked and then she's going to be flying backwards. You can throw it out there to get it. Uh, generally, though, you're just going to focus on healing orbing as much as possible and throwing out your healing orb to sustain ship damage. Uh, instead of your left click almost altogether, because again, you're not going to be using it. If you don't, if you don't even need enough healing to do that, then you just save it for the start of the fight. Just bear in mind that when you're against Diva, you're going to be charging your coalescence more slowly, uh, unless she decides to ignore your orbs for whatever reason. I don't even think it's a rank dependent thing. I think pretty much every player just feels really good when they eat a Moira orb. Um, so be careful about that. Just try not to, to, 
it, it doesn't really matter too much if she eats your orb. It's not like it really hurts you or anything. Just be careful that you're not starting a fight without an orb because you threw it at D.Va. It, it can be okay sometimes if you throw an orb and then a fight starts. Uh, that, that, that's fine. That'll happen. Uh, but against D.Va, it's not worth putting yourself at that risk. The other thing you have to be careful for um, is going to be Roadhog or Snipers or anyone with significant burst damage that can just surprise kill you. Uh, because if you're going for those aggressive damage orbs or for using your right click to farm resource or your ultimate, you have to be much more careful about that. You can't afford to just push past your tanks and you're going to have to kind of generally always be right behind your tanks in those situations. You don't want to push as far forward uh, in order to get on them because you might just instantly die. You might get Roadhog hooked. You might get flashbanged. Uh, and if you don't have incredible reaction times, you're not going to be able to dodge that with Fade. So you have to be much more careful. Another one you're going to be dealing with constantly is Winston. So Winston is the character that just dictates your Fade. It's very easy to deal with him, but you just have to be very careful you don't get caught without a cooldown. Because if you have a cooldown, either Biotic Orb or Fade, or even Coalescence, Winston does nothing to you. If you're in Coalescence, Winston will do a whopping 10 damage per second to you because you're healing for 50, and he does 60. So if you have healing orb, he will not even be able to deal enough damage to damage you at all through your healing orb. If you have uh, your fade, you can just get away from him after he jumps. Um, so you always want to have a cooldown if he has his leap. If he does leap on you, uh, what you can do, however, is use a technique called the jump boost. Um, at least that's what I call it to get away from him. So again, with, I with what I mentioned on how momentum works if you are in the air right as he lands on you, he'll knock you backwards at a higher speed than your walking speed, and you can keep that high speed longer. Also, the way knockbacks works is if you are holding into a knockback, it will knock you back much shorter distance. And if you're holding away from the knockback with your direction keys, you will go much farther. So if you jump and then hold backwards right as he lands on you, you will be carried very far away, just outside of his Tesla cannon range, if you do it decently enough. So it can be very good to not even have to burn a cooldown by doing that, or if you get caught without a cooldown, doing like that. So you actually want to try to get landed on. And believe me, Winstons will love to land on you. They're not, I have yet to find a Winston who will avoid landing on me because they know I'm going to boost away. The meta has not advanced to that point, sadly. Uh, but for the most part, you just have to be careful with Winston, not with you but with your other support, because other supports really struggle with Winston. So you have to be careful not to only look out for yourself. That's a very common thing I find with Moira's. If I'm playing Zenyatta, a Winston will land near me and start zapping me, and then Moira will fade away and then start healing her tanks. And I'm like, bro, what the heck? I'm dead. <laughs> Help me. It's not even a threat to you. Just give me an orb, something. Um, so yeah, make sure that you are supporting whoever Winston is being dove on, at least just enough to keep them alive. You don't need to focus all of their attention on them until Winston is dead, though oftentimes you will. Uh, just make sure that the Winston is not able to kill them and your other person will be able to kill your Winston. Right-clicking Winston is something you should only really do if you either know your team is killing him or if you need to heal yourself or get resource because it's generally not going to be significant. But then we get to Arissa. Uh, Arissa is something on the enemy team that you have to be very careful for because of her barrier is always going to be up in front of the enemy team. So you have to be extra cautious about conserving your resource. 
because if her barrier is there, you will not be able to right click anyone. It's kind of the same for Reinhardt. Whenever you're against one of those two shield tanks, just be a bit more careful with your resource, uh, depending on how the enemy teams play with the barrier. If they're frequently pushing past the barrier and allowing you to right click, then you don't even have to worry about it. But then we have flankers. So Moira and the, uh, the flanker matchup is very interesting because it's kind of a stalemate. Normally it's very one-sided towards the flankers, but Moira has basically almost no chance unless they mess up of killing the flankers because their damage output's so low and they're so mobile. But because her healing is so good and her mobility is so good, they have almost no chance of killing you. So if they're on you, you generally want to just fight them until they have to back off while keeping your other support alive because they're usually going to be going for your other support, not you. So it's important that, again, we don't go into selfish mode and try to um, try to just keep ourselves alive and ignore other support because sports need to help each other out. With Genji in particular, he will very frequently try to deflect your orb. It's kind of fine if he does. Don't worry too much about it. Oftentimes, getting a Genji def to deflect just so he can deflect your pathetic little orb um, is not going to matter. So you can go ahead and let him do that. Don't worry about throwing an uh, orb towards an enemy team if they have a Genji. If he deflects it, whatever. Um, and then if you are against Tracer, you generally don't want to ever try to orb her because she's so mobile, she'll be able to avoid it easily. Even if she's low and you think you just need a little bit more damage to kill her, throwing an orb at her is almost always a bad idea. You're going to want to have that healing orb to keep yourself and your teammate alive against her burst. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, do you have any uh, digital pro tips? Absolutely. So there is a little technique that I haven't quite mastered yet, but every single time you right click, you get one tick of your ultimate. So you'll get 140, not your ultimate. You see, whoa, 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 no, no, no. You get 145th of your resource, one tick. I think it's about a 45th, but you get one tick of your resource and you can, instead of holding down right click where you get a you know tick 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 if you spam click it really fast you can get it a bit quicker you will not deal as much damage and you'll be spam clicking a button which will kind of uh, dominate your focus but that can be useful if you just need to charge it as quickly as possible especially against someone you're not really trying to damage like a tank if there's a diva it doesn't really matter if you're doing 10 dps or 25 dps to her you can just spam click the right click to get it up as quickly as possible. Another thing important with Mora, as on any character, really is good micro movement. So, and just good movement in general. So what micro movement is, is moving without going anywhere. It's moving erratically back and forth in order to stay alive and be harder to hit. Do not jump spam, especially on Mora. Do not spam jump. That's a very bad habit. You want to try to move erratically back and forth with uh, the A and D key while looking at whoever is shooting you just all of the time. Uh, unless you have to walk towards something, you want to be doing that. You generally want to find good positions and kind of stay there unless you have a good reason to move. Uh, the way it works is you want to move in one direction for about no longer than a third of a second before you change direction. But you want to also mix in very short strafes so you're not moving predictably. Um, so you want to just move left and for about a third of a second, then move right for about a third of a second over and over again. while mixing in very quick, you know, changing directions after like a tenth of a second um, very often just to make sure they can't predict your movement. That is kind of the optimal way to move in Overwatch because it is simultaneously unreactable for all but the best reaction time players. 
um, while being mostly unpredictable. You don't have to actually make it purely erratic. You just have to make it erratic enough that no one will be able to pick up on the pattern. Uh, also, make sure if you're moving in a direction that you're careful not to move too predictably because it's very easy to kill you when you're moving in a straight line. Yep. All right. Well, uh, this has been an informative episode. Why don't you uh, close us out with your 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 final thoughts on Moira? Yeah, so I just want to say a few things about my thoughts on Moira in the meta. Moira is probably uh, the most dominant support in terms of must pick because the other main healers are kind of bad. If they get some buffs, I don't think Moira is overpowered. Uh, I think she has very defined strengths and weaknesses that can absolutely work fine in the meta. Uh, it's just right now she doesn't have too much competition. So she's a character you can pick in most situations just because of a pure, raw powerful uh, raw power she has. Um, and she can work in just about any team comp right now. However, I think that will change the second other main healers get some changes. Uh, if she's on a very similar power level or even reasonably above the other main healers, you will play other main healers in certain comps. Um, but right now, she's the hero you pick as a default. And then in certain exceptions, you'll pick Mercy if you have a particularly vertical map or you'll pick Anna if you have a particularly bad team comp for Moira. Um, so it's it, or you'll pick Lucio with a Zenyatta if you have a particularly divey team comp. Um, so generally be a bit more careful with that in solo queue because that that comp's hard to pull off in solo queue. Um, so, yeah, it's Mara is just very solid all the time. Just be mindful of her drawbacks when picking her. And I think she will have a very healthy spot in the meta with some tuning to the other supports. Nice, nice. All right. Well, we encourage our audience if you have questions or concerns comments whatever you can reach us at contact at prepare to attack.com uh i'd like to hand this over to food to talk about wawa's wawa's boot camp and mayhem.gg soon to be visor.gg yeah, I believe they've already made that transition. First, Wawa's Bootcamp is an incredible Discord server community offering free coaching to anyone and everyone who wants to come get it. Uh, free means free. You just have to ask and people will give it to you. Um, uh, there are a lot of coaches for most of the heroes. We are a bit lacking on some of the more obscure heroes. If you would like coaching from me, more on Moira or any of the healers, I do coach them all. Feel free to contact me over at Wawa's Bootcamp, or if you want to get better at just about any hero, um, go onto the server and do that. As for Visor GG, uh, it is a an awesome kind of watch together coaching tool uh, with some extra features. That's uh, you can use it to just like watch a movie together with your friends if you want. It's perfectly functional compared to any of the other watch together programs it's like if you took a normal one and then just added on some cool stuff for coaching so even if you just want to watch youtube videos with your friends and react to trailers with them just anything like that uh you can absolutely use visor for that as well as the coaching applications it's specialized for nice and that is that is visor.gg and i want to say any like if you need to find anything on uh, for wawa's bootcamp you can find it all on wawasbootcamp.com uh if you'd like more of me and Jaw. You can find us weekly on mashthosebuttons.com. Uh, uh, we have Watchpoint Radio. We have a bunch of different podcasts. 
Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Blazin underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B food. Do you have a Twitter? I do not have any uh, social media outside of Discord. I'll say about my Discord ID is just foo, F-O-O, uh, hashtag 0999. Uh, feel free to message me if, as long as you're on Wawa's Bootcamp server or another server I'm on. You can message me. Don't send me a friend request. I don't, uh, I don't accept those. But uh, if, you, if you just want to ask me questions or get coaching. More awesome. Than awesome. And then I'd also like to thank Have Luck Good Fun for letting us use Sounds Like Overwatch as our show theme. You can find him on YouTube. And closing out, I'd like to encourage everybody to please just take a second to give us a five-star review in iTunes. It is built right into the app now if you have it on your iphone it it really helps us so would appreciate that thank you and foo thank you so much for coming today this was the longest but easiest and most in, informative uh prepared to to attack that i have pers personally done so uh, big ups to you. Yeah, it went a bit longer than I had planned, but uh, I don't think I repeated myself too much. Hopefully it's not too long-winded. Uh, obviously, yeah, I anyone who's hearing this good, didn't think it was because they made it through. So <laughs> They made it through. Well, Sorry to everyone we lost on... along the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll see you on the next one.